Welcome to Overflowing Bookshelves, a podcast for people who love the written word. Could you spend hours browsing through a bookstore? Is your happy place curled up under a blanket with a good book, or perhaps writing a story of your own? Are you constantly adding to your to-be-read list, even though your bookshelves are already overflowing? If so, this podcast is for you. Tune in to hear authentic conversations with published authors about their creative processes, paths to publication, and advice for living your most fruitful and inspired life. I'm your host, Dallas Woodburn, and I am absolutely delighted that you are here with us today. I am the author of the short story collection, Woman Running Late in a Dress, and the YA novel, The Best Week That Never Happened. I'm also a professional book coach, and I am passionate about helping people give birth to their own unique stories. You can connect with me at my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at dallaswoodburnauthor. Without further ado, let's dive into today's interview. Kelly Jensen is a former teen librarian who worked in several public libraries before pursuing a full-time career in writing and editing. Her current position is with Book Riot, where she focuses on talking about young adult literature. Her books include Here We Are, Feminism for the Real World, and Don't Call Me Crazy, a collection of art, essays, and words to launch a powerful and important conversation about mental health. It was named a Best Book of 2018 by the Washington Post and earned a Schneider Family Book Award honor. Kelly's next book is Body Talk, which is scheduled for publication in fall 2020. I'm really ecstatic to have Kelly here on the podcast today. I've been a fan of hers for years, and it was truly a pleasure to talk with her on Overflowing Bookshelves. Thank you so much, Kelly, for being a guest on the podcast today. I'm a huge fan of yours. I've been reading your work for a long time, and it's really a treat to talk with you today. Um, I would love to just start off by hearing about your writing journey. So your path to publication, how you created Stacked and became involved with Book Riot and how your first book came to be. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. And it means a lot that you've been following me for so long. Um, So I've been writing since I was young and uh, went to college, majored in creative writing, thinking that I wanted to do an MFA in poetry afterward. But Um, my senior year of college, I kind of got discouraged with writing and decided that I wanted to go into librarianship instead. So I went to library school and during library school created a newsletter for the entire um, school. I went to a, it was like 300 people, um, in my program at UT and loved it, loved writing this newsletter and keeping people updated on like what was going on, what they can get involved in, um, cool things other students in the program were doing. And so this was like 2007, eight, somewhere in there. And book blogs were really just sort of getting going at this point. And I asked around if anyone wanted to start one with me and Kimberly Francisco, who um, I'd taken a number of UT classes with said, yeah, let's do it. So the rest is history. We're still blogging here now over 10 years later. Um, things have changed a lot since then, but the thing that 
got us started, which is simply talking about books is what keeps us going. Um, we don't have any sort of metrics. Like we don't pay attention to follower count. We don't pay attention to comments, traffic, any of that stuff. And, um, instead do it for us, which in turn, I think allows it to be a really great resource and, um, tool for other readers. So in terms of my writing, I worked as a librarian after school, um, graduating and I realized like something was missing. And so I, I was working and trying to think like, Oh, maybe I'll write a novel. And I, I worked on a few drafts of really terrible things. And <laughs> I mean, that's the story of how it goes, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, then I had this really great opportunity to start working for book riot and it was part-time. Um, I had only been working part-time in a library at this point too. So, um, I jumped at the chance and used the time I had to do some more writing um, when I wasn't working. As it happened, um, I wrote my first book during this time, and it was a guide to um, contemporary YA books for librarians. It was a librarian guide, and that really taught me the process of writing the whole book. Mm -hmm. And... um, then I decided I didn't want to do something like that again. And, <laughs> um, as I was working at Book Riot and getting more and more involved in the YA world, I had this realization that I can marry what I hated so much about um, an aspect of librarianship, which was selecting nonfiction books for teens uh, with writing for teens. And Um, I say I hated these books because for so long, so many of them are just, were just, I think it's changed a lot in the last decade or so, but so many were just these 200 page report books is what I always called them. They were um, hardbound. They're really not especially narrative, not especially engaging. They're books that kids use for reports um, Mm -hmm. more so than for leisure reading. And I realized there was a real opportunity to create these nonfiction books that would be engaging and compelling and tap into what it is teens care about in a way that's not about, you know, read the book for research, write the paper, but instead like challenges their thinking and gets them excited about reading and um, exploring these topics. So the rest is history from there. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, that is so, that's really interesting to hear how all of your different, um, I guess, hats that you wear, your past experiences kind of came together Mm -hmm. um, in your path as an editor and a writer. And one question I have for you, since you wear so many hats, you're an editor, a book reviewer, a blogger, um, a podcaster, you're a co-host of one of my favorite podcasts, Hey YA. And I would love to hear about how all of those things that you do influence each other, how they kind of come together in your creative life. I am extremely organized and I think that that is a big, big part of it. Um, I've got a really good sense of how these things do fit together and where they're separate and more. I have a really good idea of audience. That's, that's what I think about um, a lot as I'm working. Stacked really caters to one sort of audience in my mind, whereas Book Riot is a different audience, whereas Hey YA is a different audience, whereas the newsletter I write for Book Riot is a different audience, where my books are a different audience. Certainly there's, there's crossover among them, but um, kind of keeping 
in mind who I'm writing for helps make it easy to decide like what I'm going to work on or what it is I want to focus on and how I want to talk about it or angle it. Um, and so I see where they all overlap, but I also see where I can pull them apart and, and make them work in these different situations. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm almost imagining it as like a, I don't know, like a map in my mind of these different, um, or like a puzzle of the different mm-hmm. pieces that you have that fit together. Um, and then I guess even just more, more um, specifically, I'm always really interested in different writers like creative lives, their habits, their daily practices. Do you have a typical like day in the life um, <laughs> as a writer and editor or do things vary? I, I mean, I'm sure they vary a lot, but I would just love to kind of hear um, what a typical day looks like for you if there is one. Um, they vary. And I, until the new year started, I didn't have like a good solid routine on anything um, except last year, I want to say around April, May, I met a local writer. So I should, I should mention that I live like 50 miles outside Chicago. It's a pretty small town. Um, comparatively it's bigger than the town I moved here from, but it's, um, it's an artsy town, but there aren't a lot of young adult writers who, who live in the area. And I, um, met a woman who is also a YA writer, um, Alyssa Weiss. She published The Waking Force, which came out last April, I believe. And I had her on the Hey YA podcast with Eric um, because she was so local. I was like, oh, we could get together and do this fun podcast um, with you as a guest. And she and I got to talking and just like had a really great rapport. And I reached out to her and I was like, hey, like, what do you think about setting up a weekly writing date. Like every week we get together at the same time uh, for the same amount of time and then um, just write like whatever we were working on at that time. And so we've been doing that now since. And that routine has been really helpful um, because otherwise it's hard for me to motivate myself to sit down and write something for me um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to something for the blog or something for book write. Like those are great things and I love doing them, but um, I also like want to write for myself and this has been such a tremendous opportunity to do that. Um, so I've been doing that for a while and then I just finally figured out and I, I went on and on about this on the Hawaii hey podcast that's coming out soon. Um, I just finally figured out how to make reading a habit in my life. So like I, I've always read, been a reader. I read all the time, but I wanted some way to make it not an option, but like a regular part of the day that is only dedicated to that. And it came, it came down to realizing like, I don't need to turn my laptop on first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who gets up early, I mean, I get up at like four 30 in the morning. If I don't turn my laptop on until seven, that's two and a half hours that I have to myself. And so I use that time to um, journal. I use that time to like get ready to have a cup of tea without checking my email. And then it's like, I, by the time I do all of that, like really basic waking up stuff, I have an hour, an hour and a half to read and do nothing else. And that has been so tremendous because I'm not answering emails. Like I am only responsible for doing the reading. And I think that that has been a huge shift in how I think about reading and how I think about talking about and engaging with what I'm reading, which is 
part and parcel of, of what I do. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. That reminds me of almost like being on vacation or Mm -hmm. when you're in school and you have books to read like for class where it's like you dedicate the time just to do that. And that's such Mm -hmm. great advice. I mean, I think people listening, like no matter what time you wake up, if you're a really early riser or if you wake up a little later, um, I think that's such good advice to put a little pause on going right to the laptop or I'm guilty of always like picking up my phone and checking mm-hmm. my email first thing, but setting aside that time. Um, I think in the morning too, sounds helpful because I know for me as the day goes on, like maybe I'll have something I want to read. And if I wait until the evening, I'm more tired or just mm-hmm. like other things have trickled in and I don't make it a priority to like set aside that time to do yeah. that. And that, I think that's the trick is prioritizing it in your day um, because I wasn't doing that and certainly was still reading a ton, but it didn't feel like dedicated reading time. And, and just making that dedication to time where all I do is read has made reading less about being work and more about being something that I really enjoy doing because it is. Yes. Yeah. And I think too, that makes me think of... Um, writing as well, like both approaching reading or writing. I've been thinking a lot this year about um, why I first like fell in love with reading and writing as mm-hmm. a kid and just the the fun and the joy of it. And I think as we get older and especially if we um, pursue these things like as our profession, there can be so many other things that crowd in, other mm-hmm. factors that we, you know, professionalize it and it becomes work and we can lose some of that like fun of it. Um, I remember as a kid when I envisioned like becoming a writer one day, I would look at my life now and I would be so, my kid self would just be like so ecstatic that this is what I'm doing. But sometimes in the day to day, it's really easy to lose sight of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any other advice or wisdom for aspiring writers? It could be like looking back at your own self when you were in school or first starting or just other people that maybe read your, read your work or love your books and would love any advice you have to share? So my big thing, I had talked a little bit about how I lost some of my passion for writing my senior year of college. And I think back on that time a lot and realized that the big thing that kind of turned me off was this idea that you should have a process and that you should know what this process is. And I really pushed back against that idea. And the more I pushed back, the more some of my professors were like, well, you know, a real writer does this and that. And the other thing, a real writer has this vision that looks like this. And I was like, am I not a real writer? Because I don't like, Mm. I sit down and write when I feel like it. Um, Sometimes I'll write every single day for months, and then sometimes I'll go months without writing a single word for myself. Mm-hmm. Did that not make me a real writer? Like, and and I sat with this for a long time and was like, well, I guess that means I don't write because I don't have a process. And also, I find thinking about like what a process might look like to be pretty boring. Um, and that's for me personally. For some people, having that process is tremendously helpful. But my big like thing is if you don't have a process, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, The process is getting the words down. However, that happens. Um, I think this idea of having, you know, a set process comes from a place of of a lot of privilege. Like you have to have the time, you have to have the financial resources, you have to have so many things in place to make it this thing that you can do every single day at this certain time, you know, at this level. And it's like, 
reality is so many of us are trying to get 10 words in, you know, <laughs> between 12 other obligations and um, that's okay. Like it still gets the job done. Um, however you do it. Yes. That is so, I think that's so empowering for people. And yeah, this idea of a quote unquote real writer, um, I've heard that before and struggled with that some myself as well. And similar to you, I've come to the, um, just giving myself more grace. Like if Mm -hmm. I'm, if I'm doing the writing, if I'm also, I had a, what I had a wonderful professor in, um, college who was kind of the opposite. And she would talk about how sometimes for her, like, the most fruitful time was, you know, the hour that she spent like staring out the window, um, you know, she was driving in her car from point to point and like that count that went into her writing too. Mm -hmm. And so like giving yourself grace and credit for the time, like certain ideas I think need more percolation time. And it's not always just the time that you're spent hunched over your keyboard or over your journal that counts as writing. Exactly. And this, this reminds me of two separate things. Um, the first being, um, the YA author Trish Doller and I have talked about this idea of horizontal writing, which is literally laying down and not writing. Um, and sometimes it's that whole process of like giving yourself the space to relax is what makes it come together instead of pushing yourself or forcing a thing like get horizontal, close your eyes, do nothing, you know, take a nap, meditate, whatever it is. It's like your brain is going to work even if you're not forcing it to work. Um, and that ties into the second thing, which is this idea of, of getting bored. And, uh, I, I read a book by Manish Zambrodi and it's called, um, Oh man, no, I'm going to, I have to look it up. Um, I can, I can brilliant, bored and brilliant. Bored and brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I think this book really changed a lot of my thinking about the ideas of productivity, of busyness, of like achieving thing after thing after thing, because the big takeaway is like, we are so good at solving problems about finding creative ideas about pursuing our passions when we give ourselves the space to be bored, um, Mm -hmm. to like really disconnect or to do things like stare out a window. Um, one of the examples she gives in the book is about watching a pot of water boil. It's like, is there anything more boring? And yet (laughs) because your brain isn't actively focused on something, um, all those background processes that really make connections, um, between one another is working hard. Um, And so I I think about that a lot. And just, I I love to think that even when I'm not writing, when I'm not sitting at my keyboard, like I'm doing the work of writing. Yes. Yes. Oh, that is, I think that's so, um, so helpful. And as I'm listening to you too, I'm, I became a mom for the first time uh, Mm. a little over a year ago. And I, so I've spent a lot of time this past year, I mean, I love my daughter, but a little bit bored, you know, kind of just like yeah, watching yeah. her, watching her yeah. play, sitting with her. Um, but I do feel like I have gotten a lot of wonderful ideas. And I think before this time, I was always focused on like being efficient. You know, I wouldn't mm-hmm. watch the pot of water boil. I would unload dishes from the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, I resonate with so much of what you're saying with this idea of sometimes if we, like, when was the last time you were bored, you know, instead of grabbing your phone and clicking on something, like letting yourself just sit there for a little bit. And um, that is, I think that's a wonderful place to end as well. Um, But before (laughs) I let you go, I would love to just hear from you about the best place um, for listeners to find you online or connect with you. Sure. Um, 
I am on Instagram at Hey Kelly Jensen, and you can connect with me easily if you go to Book Riot and look me up on the um, masthead. <laughs> um, you'll you'll get to see everything that I've written and uh, find the podcast, find the newsletters, anything that might spark your interest. Thank you so much, Kelly. It was such a treat to chat with you. Um, really, really enjoyed this conversation and I just look forward to reading more of your pieces. Thank you so much for your time and such great questions. Thank you so much for spending time with me today on Overflowing Bookshelves. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much if you take a few minutes to write a review on iTunes or Stitcher to help other writers and book lovers find out about us. If you are kind enough to share this episode on social media, be sure to tag me at Dallas Woodburn Author on Instagram or Facebook. I love to surprise my listeners with fun prizes like free books and other literary swag. Also, I would love to hear your thoughts on the show and your ideas for future guests. Please visit my website, DallasWoodburnAuthor.com to connect with me and offer your suggestions. Until next time, happy reading.